Hey there, podcast listeners. Exciting news. My new audiobook, The Short Book Formula, a financial professional's guide to writing a book in six weeks to attract ideal clients, is out now. And the best part, for a limited time, we're offering this audiobook to you for free. Hurry over to www.theshortbookformula.com and claim your copy now. And now, on to our show. Hey everyone, this is Paul McManus, the host of the Million Dollar Producer Show, and I am here today with my guest, Michael Moore. Michael is the owner of CDP Insurance Services based out of Southern California. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm very excited to have this conversation with you because, as you know, this show is all about how to attract and convert what we call high-value clients, um, and the tool and the expertise and the planning service that you're um, you know, the man at is all about is, is premium finance and premium finance is all about working with ultra high net worth clients um, and the mass affluent market. So welcome and let's let's dive into it. Um, as a starting point, what I'd love to know is before we get into the details of premium finance, what is your backstory? So so who who is Michael Moore um, and how did you get to where you are today? So, uh, yeah, I started with a small brokerage firm here in Southern California and kind of worked my way up through through that firm to a bigger brokerage firm uh, and worked my way up through there and then uh, joined up with a producer group that you're very familiar with. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, some of the brightest minds in in the industry and and some of the the biggest selling life insurance guys there are. And so I got a very good um, education from there and really saw how they kind of dealt with the high net worth clients. And I got hired by um, AIG, with um, <laughs> AIG's far, uh, excuse me, arm AI credit. And so I, I would kind of went from working with high end producers with high net worth clients to working for a bank that worked with high end producers and <laughs> high net worth. Uh, AIG found its troubles in 2008, 2009, and subsequently yeah. AI credit was sold to Wintrust Financial Corp out of uh, Chicago. Hmm. Um, and I was their vice president for the West Coast from 2007 to 2015. And you, um, so my understanding is that for the past 15 years, you have solely focused on premium financing. Is that accurate? That's correct. And for an advisor listening to this, what is the role that you play? Um, are you competition? Do you help them? Um, what is your role when it comes to advisors thinking about doing prime, premium finance? I help them. So my whole business is built on um, sharing cases and these ideas, right? So cl- these these agents need to go out. This is really elephant hunting, Paul. And yeah. so these agents need to go out and do what they do on a daily basis. But they can add this quiver, this arrow to their quiver that says, I know Michael Moore and his expertise, which is premium financing. And that's really where I'm going to make uh, my hay with them is making the client introductions. I'm going to have to speak to CPAs and attorneys, um, you know, on behalf of, of the lenders and, and these are, you know, they're complicated deals. And so um, you really, you want somebody that's done it before and ha- has done it quite often. Cause I've seen all the, the trip ups now and where these things go wrong. Yeah. And, and it was really the reason that kind of, I mean, the segue, it's why I left the bank and started my own business is because at the, when I was at the bank, I could see where these things went wrong and how, you know, I was wondering how clients and some agents would sleep good at night. And so I wanted to come out and kind of bring a conservative voice to the finance market. For an agent watching this, who are the ideal clients for premium finance? What are those those um, those characteristics or qualities that a, a, a client or a client needs to have to make them eligible 
or a potential prospect for premium finance? Yeah, so there's typically two tracks to premium financing. And one is the older client that's got a $10 million net worth and up. And they've really, you know, they've already made their money. They've got something now and they want to keep it and pass it on to the next generation. So the focus there is often trust planning and estate taxes. Mm -hmm. We see another track, though, within the last few years of the kind of high income earning younger person, right? So I'm 50 years old. Uh, I'm making $250,000, $300,000 a year. I got a wife and kids and mortgage and all that kind of stuff. I haven't put enough away from my retirement yet, which is only 15 years away. But I can't afford to put away 20, you know, 30, 50 grand a year. Well, I can also supplement that by borrowing money from the bank and getting a bigger policy, right? Make it big now while I'm in my earning potential still. And when I retire, I can, that benefit's not as important. I can slam it down, maximize my cash value and get tax free income. Very cool. And for an agent that's watching this and they would love to do premium financing, um, but maybe they don't necessarily have the clientele in place. Or actually, let's take this two ways. So if they have an existing client um, that they think might be el eligible for premium financing, um, how would they potentially work with you? So it's a very easy phone call for me. And I've also got an intake form. But really, I can qualify a lot of these things just on a, on a phone call with the, with, with the agent. You know, um, If it's really a matter of, give me a real hard and fast, Mike. The only thing I need to see is two years of tax returns and a financial statement. And I could qualify for, you know, pretty much 85% of the cases out there. Very cool. In terms of an agent that has that um, client, they come to you, they see if they're qualified. Um, how do you work with them in a way that this is the agent's client, not yours? How do they have that trust so that they are comfortable bringing potential prospects and clients to you? That's absolutely, that's a great question, Paul. And really my, my business is, is only built, I don't have clients of my own. My whole business is built on sharing uh, revenue on these cases with these agents. And so I really look at the agent out there as my client and their client is their client. And you and I talked about this. They can bring this new idea to all their clients and some of their clients might not like it. The nice thing is that the, the agent is going to sit on that side of the table with the client. And if the client doesn't like it, then they're still friends and they can just say, thanks for your time, Mike. And I can walk out of the room. And so I think it's, it's, you know, it goes back to this is elephant hunting. You don't need to be an expert in everything. Do what you're good at and then bring in somebody like me to, to be the assassin. Very cool. And do you work with agents around the country? Absolutely. I'm licensed okay. in 25 or 30 states right now. Very cool. And when you work with a client, um, how do you, what does the interaction look like? Do you typically, I mean, do you travel? Do you do it on Zoom like we're on now? How, whatever's, whatever's easiest for the client. I prefer, um, to do it at Zoom like you, um, it's very, you know, this is very easy and very effective. Oftentimes they're just done on conference calls. Um, you know, a lot of the times the clients pitch the idea. Once we kind of hammer down exactly what they want to see, then it's really the CPA and the attorney and getting their approval process. And that's typically done just over the phone. Very cool. Now, on the other side of the coin, you might have an agent watching this and they would love to do premium financing. And my assumption is that they'd love to do it because can you talk a little bit about the commissions and what's in it for the agent? Yeah, so these are typically larger cases, right? Because we're, we're funding typically whole life or, or index universal life. And those policies really perform well when you max fund them up front. So we're really borrowing a lot of money up front to, to fund these policies so that they perform well. Um, and so they're larger cases, and you, which you know, translates to a larger commission. The typical split out there for most of my competition is, is you know, if they have to talk to the client and the client's um, uh, advisors, it's going to be about a 50-50 split. CDP does it for 25%, so 75% to the agent, 25% to CDP. 
if you're a, a, a savvy agent that can do a lot of the selling on your own and I don't need to do a lot of it, I'll go down as low as 15% of my budget. For that, I do all the modeling, all the design work, right? I negotiate with the lenders and the insurance companies, and then I'm there on the renewal process every year. Very cool. Now, for an agent that is um, would love to do premium financing, um, and maybe they don't have the right clients today, or maybe they don't have enough of the right clients today, um, do you have any advice for them in terms of how they can go elephant hunting, how they can go and find um, these clients, and who might be the best clients? You know, what is the ideal target client profile for them? So, you know, you really got to find a center of influence that, you, you know, you and I discussed that. It's really got to be a CPA or an attorney that is dealing with these kind of clients. It's really hard to find high net worth clients on your own. It's usually going to come from a, you know, unless you run in that circle, right? And um, it takes a long time selling life insurance to get there. That's for sure. So, uh, but you know, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff comes from CPAs and attorneys because they're the ones that are advising these clients to buy insurance and, and setting up their estate and their businesses and all that. So, that's where you're going to find those clients, I think. And having this arrow in your quiver of premium financing, you'd be surprised how many CPAs and attorneys out there still haven't heard of it. Okay, so, so what I'm understanding is that for the agent um, to find these ultra high net worth clients that typically um, the, the most tried and true method, if you will, is to work with the center of influence, a CPA or an attorney that might have these clients and bring them to them. That's um, correct. How, do you, how would you recommend an agent... Um, find or build relationships with attorneys or CPAs and how would you recommend that they position and, and quote-unquote pitch premium finance as a way to um, as a way to educate the CPA or attorney on the opportunities yeah so CPAs are very tricky people because they don't trust anybody with their clients mm -hmm. so the really the, the way you get to a CPA is through trust and it takes months and months and months of showing them and teaching them and and um, building their trust up before you'll even talk to a client. But it's, 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 it's a lot of work, but when you find the right CPA and it pays off, it pays off very well. Attorneys are a little more difficult because they always only paid for their time. And so, you know, I found that taking a guy to lunch, you know, and paying him, paying him his hourly wage, if you can afford it, um, you know, you, you just gotta, sometimes you gotta, you gotta spend money to make money, but um, that kind of deal or joining your local bar or, you know, your local chamber or Elks, there's, there's, you can find the attorneys in there. And those guys really just want to get close to and, and have a martini with, right. And then kind of talk about different ideas and things, but um, they're a little more, um, they're hard to break through too, just because they don't trust anybody either. And they think that they're smarter than everybody else. So you really got to know your stuff with the attorneys. So it's always nice share a cocktail bring up some ideas, but then make sure that you're prepared to really give them the details of things um, um, when they start asking for it. Yeah, definitely. CPAs, CPAs are definitely great centers of influence, but it just takes a long time to build them. Sure. Do, do you play a role at, in any, in, in terms of educational resources or anything? Do you um, help agents in any way um, facilitate, not, not the relationship per se, but in terms of the educational process? Do you have any tools or materials that help that? Absolutely. Uh, I can get them tools and materials and then I can also just get on the phone with the CPAs. You know, okay. it's easy for me to talk to them cause I can talk their language. Yeah. Um, been around them long enough. I actually had a, an ex partner who was a CPA and an attorney. And so, okay. you know, um, <laughs> I always thought I was going to need him to bring him in to talk to the CPAs and attorneys, but I, I understand this and been doing, been doing it so long that I can get on pretty well without, you know, actually having CPA JD behind my name. 
Perfect. Um, moving forward, um, and I think we may have touched upon this, but let's go a little bit deeper. So in terms of the, um, not the agent, but their clients or prospects or potential clients, what are those, um, you know, whether it's markets, industries, but also what are those specific problems that the, you know, the high income professional, the ultra high net worth individual, the business owner, what are some of those, you know, um, things that premium financing can address? I was actually looking at your website um, and you have some very common ones that people I think are possibly aware of, but then you also have a list of uncommon ones that are maybe a little bit outside the box. Can you go a little bit deeper in terms of what those are? Sure. Um, you know, premium financing is just a tool, right? And it's, it's the way I look at it as a bridge to a bridge because the life insurance is the bridge for your premium for, for your estate plan. Mm-hmm. I have an estate tax problem. I buy the life insurance policy. When I die, my estate taxes are paid so that my estate can transfer wholly to my children, right? Or my beneficiaries. So I look at the premium financing as the bridge to the bridge because now what I'm doing is I'm getting the policy I need for less out of pocket and I'm turning around and reinvesting my savings into my estate and going to make it bigger, right? good for us because now I can go back and sell the client another insurance policy in five years when their estate's doubled in size, right? Or whatever it has. So the state estate is one potential tool. Um, what are some of the other um, situations that premium financing can be a solution for? That's, that's right. So, you know what, funny farmers, right? I do business with a lot of farmers. Farmers are rich on paper and poor in the pocket, right? They, they reinvest all their money. They, they have massive write-offs because of machinery and equipment. But what I find almost always happens on farms, Paul, is that there's two or three children, one of which wants to stay and, and run the farm and two of which can't wait to get out of there fast enough, right? And so they have this equality of inheritance um, issue. And so life insurance is a perfect deal for that because you can say, look, we're going to give Joe the farm and Sue and Bob going to have the cash from the life insurance policy. And so everybody's fairly treated and equitable in that one, you know, and then you just life insurance. See, the, the whole thing about premium financing and, and make this very clear is that it is not the sale. The sale is the life insurance, right? And I always say, look, people buy life insurance for three reasons. They love somebody, they hate paying taxes, or there's a greed factor to it, right? Like where we're saying on the high income earning client, I can put away $50,000 to a life insurance policy. It's going to buy me a million dollar policy, right? Or I can put in $50,000 and borrow a hundred thousand from the bank. So I'm putting $150,000 in, buy myself a $3 million policy, use somebody else's money to pump this thing up. And then when I retire, I've got much more cash in the thing than I could have done on my own, you know? So it's always, okay, well, the, that was a greed factor because the guy wanted more income, right? Tax-free income. These people over here love their children and wanted an inequality of inheritance. This guy bought a big policy because he didn't want the government to take his estate away from him, you know? And so it's always life insurance first. And then when you qualify the client, you can say, well, hey, have you ever thought about using the bank's money to pay for your premiums? And that's a great, that's a great way to roll right into it. Definitely. Um, you were also sharing a story with me about, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the uh, potential clients, you know, are business owners, type A personalities. Yeah, um, and I believe you were saying that one of the questions or concerns that comes up is the interest rate. Um, can you share a little bit more about why that may or may not be a legitimate concern? No, yeah, totally. Just, you know, there's three moving parts in premium finance. You have your, your policy crediting, You've got the rate that you're borrowing at, and then you've got a collateral piece, which the collateral piece, depending on if you're paying your interest or not, right, it's kind of tied back into what's your borrowing rate and what did the policy do. And so this client, we, you know, he's like, what if interest rates go up? I said, interest rates are cyclical. They go up and down. But if you're concerned about it, we can do a cap. We can do a fixed rate. We can do all kinds of stuff. Okay, knock that one out. Well, what if the policy doesn't perform? Well, I've showed you some worst case projections. And even though 
your policy may not perform. You may have to put more money in in year five or seven or 10. We have saved you three, four, five, ten million dollars up to that point, right? By paying interest versus these large premiums. And then the, the third thing, basically, it just, you know, he was, he didn't like the guarantee that he had to put up personally. And I said, I can get that waived for you. So we knocked everything out, but he still had some hesitation. And I just said to him, Paul, and, and this is all these network clients, these high network clients. It's like, this thing, it really depends on the, of your ability to continue to make money. And that basically is it. I said, interest rates go up and down policy, you know, fluctuate performances. I said, but if you continue to go out and do what you do and look at your tax return in 2017 to 2018, you made $9 million. This thing will be fine. We're going to save you $10 million over the first 10 years, which you're going to reinvest at. Would you tell me your business was returning 25%? Okay. So in 10 years, that $10 million should be worth 20 or $25 million. If you continue to do what you do, there's your exit strategy. There's the increase of interest rates. They go up or if the policy doesn't perform, you're fail safe. But I need you to continue to do what you do, sir, which is make money. And he and like the light bulb went off finally. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And it's a little bit of an ego stroke for those people as well, but it's true. I mean, they, they, these are not, these clients are not trust fund babies or people that won the lottery. These are people that built something hard with their own hands and their own money. And they want to make sure they keep it and pass it on. Well, definitely. And, and what that also brings up for me is that, you know, these are entrepreneurs. These are people that are making money and the value of their capital is important. And so, you know, it's, it's not com necessarily comparing, you know, different assets class. It's like, if I can keep this money working in my business to do what I do best while I'm paying a fraction of the cost for life insurance, I mean, that seems like the perfect marriage. Absolutely. Are there any categories of, you know, I guess to, to kind of switch over to the high income earners, um, maybe not a business owner per se, but, um, you know, are there any other categories of people that um, might be a potential um, fit for it in terms of clients? And, you know, what are some of the unusual ones that maybe, um, you know, are outside of the box? So, um, you know, anybody that, that I see a lot of executives, um, we've seen, we've seen a lot of tech, young tech guys, hmm. right. That are, you know, Silicon Valley or, or um, there's, there's a big movement up in um, right across from Seattle. I forget the name of the town there, but uh um, this huge tech movement there. We've seen a lot of business come out of that for these younger guys that don't even have a net worth yet, but they're making a million dollars a year because they just sold the biggest app or, or the latest game. Right. Um, so um, those high income earners, what they seem to be most worried about is taxes, right? Mm -hmm. Because it used to be, look, put all your money in your 401k because you get a tax deduction now. And then when you mm -hmm. retire, you'll be in a lower tax bracket. Well, sure. what's happened? They keep raising tax brackets up. Yes. So people are looking for tax-free income and there's yeah. only a couple ways to get it, right? Muni bonds, things like that, which, you know, aren't great performance wise. Um, and so you really want to start putting your money into something that you can get tax-free income out and Life insurance is a perfect deal. A lot of people don't know that. It's almost like a Roth 401k on steroids. And what's that minimum? So, you know, so, so I, you know, agents, of course, know the, the value of life insurance. They preach it day in, day out. What's the value of them? Um, so, so maybe someone making $250,000. Is, is that a possible candidate for premium finance? Yep. So, you know, the, the minimum, the, the high income earner is a 50 years old maximum making $250,000 a year, probably got a, you know, a million or $2 million net worth has houses and cars and that kind of stuff. Um, there's definitely, there's, there's definitely room out there for those people. Most of the premium financing that's done is people that are $10 million net worth and up. Hmm. But there's definitely a spot. The other part about those high income earners and the people, you know, it's like me and you, Paul, right? We're both in our, our, our late forties. 
got kids, I'm married, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I need a big policy now because I'm earning and hopefully a smaller policy later. And I could buy it, certainly buy it, but I don't mind using the bank's leverage to buy a bigger policy now, right? Sure. Um, the other thing too is all these policies nowadays that have these long-term care services riders or the living benefits and things like that. You don't have to die to use these policies anymore. So a lot of the people my age look at it that way as well. Well, I can only afford a $500,000 policy, but I could get benefits on this thing up to a million and a half if I could certainly afford it, you know? And so um, I can leverage it and I can buy the bigger policy and I can have more living benefits for if something happens to me uh, for, you know, before I happen to die, you know, which is typically going to, it's there's statistics about being injured or having, you know, one of those uh, long-term care moments or one of those things, you know, 65% before your age 65 or something. So life insurance and living benefits has been a big sale as well. Very cool. Is in, in terms of premium finance, is there any question that I haven't asked that you think might be useful for our audience? Um, you know, personally, just the way that we do business at CDP is we shop the marketplace. So we provide your clients with at least three different offers from lenders. Uh, we feel like we're doing our due diligence that way. Um, we do get special treatment from a lot of these lenders because of the volume of the business that we do. Um, you know, uh, do I get paid from the lenders? I don't. That's always a big question. Uh, like I said, we're just splitting the commission on the case. So it's going to be anywhere between 15 and 25% for me. And then, you know, 75 to, to uh, 85% for the agents. And um, yeah, just the only thing I would say is, look, guys, don't, you don't want to elephant hunt. But keep this, keep this in the back of your mind where if you find the right client, you, you can pull this out and give me a call or give Paul a call. We will help yeah. you. Right, what you just said about el- that you don't want to elephant hunt. Why, why, uh, why is that? I see guys starve. Okay. You know, it's just, it's very hard. In these cases, the typical sales, I'm closing cases now that I've been working on since December. So these are not short sales cycles at all, right? They're yeah. the fastest one I've ever done, maybe six months. The, the longest one, about two years. And so it's like, you need to continue to do what you do on a daily basis. It, it, you know, I call them singles and doubles. My buddy in Georgia always says, you gotta, you gotta hunt squirrels and rabbits as opposed to elephants all day. And so, um, you know, that's the one thing that I would, cause I've seen people go out of business trying to find these things. Sure. You know? Definitely. Um, final question, um, for an agent watching this, whether they're already a million dollar producer or whether they're looking to become a million dollar producer, um, when it comes to attracting and converting high value clients, um, what final advice do you have for them? You know, you, you set yourself apart, right. By bringing some of these kind of ideas to those clients. Um, you know, it, premium financing is one, um, you know, always with this high net worth clients and high income earning clients is taxes. So anything you can, you can bring to the table that saves on income taxes, but like I said, you really have to know your stuff with these clients and especially once you get to their advisors. So, you know, look up tax codes, understand what the, the, the letters and the numbers are that the CPA is going to throw out there at you and the statutes and things that an attorney may talk about that revolve around our business. You really need to become the expert on those things so that these other experts can trust you. Yeah, thank you. And would it be fair, though, to say that um, they can also dramatically shorten the learning curve and close a lot more deals if they bring someone like you to the table because you have years of experience? 
Absolutely. That's exactly why they, they need a guy like me. And what a lot of times people will find is, look, you can do it with me and then you're free to go. You don't have to do it with me. There's lenders out there that you can go direct to. What I find is most guys, once they do one or two of these, they go, Mike, it's so much work. I, I much prefer to give you up, give up the 15 or 25% for your right. office to handle this. Which, 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 as you said before, I mean, if other um, people that do similar things to you typically charge 50%. So the 15 to 25 is actually... Um, I would be paying that all day long if, you know, if I could help ensure that I'm closing these cases. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we bring real, real value. And, and most of the people, the, the, the agents that do business with me understand that. That's awesome. Um, we'll put this in the show notes, but um, for someone, for an agent that wants to reach out to you um, and learn more, um, where do you recommend that they go? They can go to my website at cdpinsurance.com. And that's like Charlie David Paul, any wine people out there. It's an homage to the Chateau Neuf. Uh, uh, Southern Rhone, France. I'm a big wine guy. Um, and, or you can call me on my cell phone anytime. 949-923-7260. Very cool. Mike, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it.